August 6, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour. And I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight, we'll present a shocking new conspiracy theory based on archaeology, ancient history, mythology, and anthropological and medical research. It boils down to this logline. Refugees from Atlantis conquered the ancient world with bread and beer. Now, we'll be citing current books by David Perlmutter and William Davis, along with a review of what human beings were designed to eat and what wolves were designed to eat and how hunting and gathering humans were reprogrammed or genetically modified to eat grain as slaves of the gods. And then the men turn wolves into dogs by a similar process. Now, this is a highly controversial subject, but there is good science and anthropology behind it. So, if you want to free yourself from your slave collar, and that's the spare tire around your waist, then tune in and we'll start the revolution. And now for you people who love, who just love donuts and bagels, this is really going to go against your grain. <laughs> okay, so what did we say the log line was? Refugees from Atlantis conquered the ancient world with bread and beer. Now, in order to um to um get further into that and uh and kind of establish that. First we gotta we gotta establish Atlantis because a lot of people don't believe in it and a lot of people uh think that it's just strictly a myth. Well it's not. It's it it uh and I think by the time we get done explaining it I think you'll understand that, that it was there. And uh, and it did it, it did sink, and we will describe that to you now. The uh, reason why I'm sure it was, and and, and why uh, um, what we're going to explain to you is the conservative Atlantis theory. I worked this theory up when I was in grad school, and I ran it by. Uh, and uh, do we have uh, Frater Solomon? Are you on? Yes, I am. Okay, hang on. Let me get the conservative Atlantis theory established here, and then we'll get at it. Uh, so All just right. hang on. And, okay. Anyway, uh, when I was in the in grad school uh, in, in anthropology, um, I had a, a professor who was a real expert. I'm not going to mention his name. He was a real expert in in uh, in Middle Eastern uh, archaeology. In other words, he really knew about the about the uh, beginnings of Middle Eastern Mesopotamian civilization. I'd done a lot of digging over there, and he was really into it, and he'd he written a couple books on it. And uh, and he was also fairly familiar with uh, Mediterranean um, uh, and European archaeology, too. So I worked this, this theory up, and I ran it by him over coffee one afternoon, and... and and he looked at me after I got done with, uh, you know, my pitch. And he said, yeah, he said, that would work. He said, that, that you, you, you got, you're you onto something here. And, uh, you know, as I said, I'm not going to, well, one, maybe when I write the book on it, I'll, I'll cite his name. But, anyway, uh, or, but first I'll get a hold of him and make sure he wants his name cited. Anyway, what it amounts to is this. Um, 
the Atlanteans that that are there okay, who are the ancestors of of uh, of most of us of northern european stock and 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 uh the, these these were the these were the this this cro-magnon paleolithic pre-neolithic and 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 uh, paleolithic cro-magnon civilization the uh the people that uh, won out against the neanderthals and uh they were all over uh in the in the during the paleolithic era they they were they were in all over uh, France and uh, and Spain, the, the coast right there, and uh, you know some some small evidence over in the British Isles, but mostly most of the evidence we have for them is is in uh, southern France and and uh, and Spain that area. Uh, and curiously enough, we had a lot of Atlantean evidence there too. But but the, what we're getting down, what I, what I'm uh, um, pointing out here though is that these people finally evolved to the point where they were building uh, stone tombs. And these tombs uh, were right along the seacoast, a lot of them. And they, and this, of course, is, is, is really, really just, uh, you know, unusual. Those tombs became more numerous as they approached the water, as they go down, down, uh, down into the water, and so you can assume that there are more stone structures underwater. And the reason why is that during the Ice Age, when these people flourished, and that was over 12,000 years ago, the sea level was 200 feet lower than it is today, which means that you could literally walk from Dublin to Paris and not get your feet wet. Think about that. Now, so uh, the so the, and and this 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 culture this this uh, and it was a maritime culture because these people lived on the seacoast, and and uh, and. You say, well, they lived on the seacoast. Where are the ruins? Well, the ruins are there. There, as I say, you go down the coast of France and in the, in the coast of northern Spain. You go down toward the water, and the tombs get more and more frequent, and they go on down, and and, and that stone work is down there underwater too, where where it used to be dry land. Now, um, a lot of dry land. And over in in southern England, as as I think most of you know are huge gigantic earthworks i mean earthworks that are so big that 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 they they're much much bigger than the you know the pyramids of egypt and, and they're, they're just gigantic and and ancient very very ancient barrow tombs and stone tombs and that now this uh this uh, if we dare to call it a civilization and obviously they were they were what you know they were, they were rather barbaric but but, but these people uh, had had a you know they had a, a, a form of written language and they also they were very good astronomers and and fledgling astrologers and uh, and of course as you know Stonehenge which is came came somewhat later but Stonehenge was was uh, an outgrowth of this and, and astrologically and astronomically it's quite significant but right off the southern coast of england there was a, a the legends of a sunken uh, 
uh, kingdom called Lyonnais. And, of course, off the coast of France, there is the, the sunken city of Yves. And, and these, are, these are legendary. And uh, then down in the Mediterranean, we have Tartessos and, 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 uh, and, and whatever. But the Cro-Magnon, and this is the next important thing that we need to get into, the Cro-Magnon had a staple along the seacoast. These, these Magdalenian people, they had a staple food supply, and their food supply consisted of a lot of salmon. There was a great big salmon run that ran down, down the, uh, you know, pretty much and there still is. And this is why salmon fishing, you know, up there in Scotland, you know, you know, King Arthur used to go up and, and catch salmon in Scotland when he didn't have any better to do. And, you know, it, that was, um, um, that was as important to the, to the old, uh, uh, kings in, in uh, you know, in, in England, that was, that, that was like playing golf, go fishing in Scotland. Anyway, the salmon, um, the salmon run was very, very important to the Magdalenian Cro-Magnons, and they they did a lot with salmon. Of course, they they learned how to smoke fish too, and this was salt fish and smoke fish, and this was important because you, then then you can put food up and keep it. Uh, now, let's discuss the next issue here. What do you have to have to have a civilization? Now we all know about the hunters and gatherers, and they wander around and they 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 seek uh, kind of uh, areas where the game are more plentiful during the during the winter time. Is that in with climate? They they move with the climate, and and that, therefore it's very difficult for them to achieve civilization. What do you need to have to achieve civilization? Well, you don't need agriculture. And what you need is a steady food supply at a single point. Now that, that is the key to it. And what was the steady food supply at a single point for the original Atlanteans? Salmon. The food of the wise. Now, and, uh, you know, some, some people say they weren't, they weren't all that wise. Plato thought they were, they were kind of, uh, uh, arrogant and whatever, but 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 uh, they certainly were wise enough to build a huge uh, uh, complex, but and a huge city. But anyway, the, um, the 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 steady food supply. Now, now we have several anthropological examples of that in the for, in in the fairly modern world, and even the ancient world. The uh, the, the northwest coast Indians in the United States, the Tlingits and the and the, and the uh, the totem pole builders, you know, up on the up on the uh, on the uh, um, the northwest coast. Um, these people were very, very advanced, uh, and, and, and very advanced. Uh, what you what we could certainly call a civilization before the uh, you know Europeans arrived, and they had they they subsisted primarily on salmon, and and uh, you know so. That, that that was there. Now down in down in uh, in Peru, there was a uh, very early civilization uh, that had a had a big fish, uh, a big run of, of seafood right, right along the coast, uh, and and they and they were uh, uh, highly advanced, and it, and their main staple was was food from the sea. So, and and all archaeologists who studied this area and this they they. They all know 
that during the Ice Age, when the, when the sea level was down 200 feet lower, there was what, what we call a maritime culture. These people were sailors. They, they built boats and they, and they, and they, and they fished and they were, they were sailors. Now, uh, there is also a very, very good possibility that they were the progenitors of the Phoenician culture. And certainly they were their progenitors, the, the originators of the Mediterranean culture, Malta and, and that area. And, and more shocking than that even is in recent discoveries that architects from Malta were probably responsible for building, the, for we at least you know supervising, laying out the plans and supervising uh, the great pyramids of Egypt. They were not uh, so we could we can say that uh, that the uh, the Egyptians um, and their 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 earlier attempts to build pyramids were not not that impressive. In fact, they built one <laughs> they built one that. That, that leaned. It was like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Leaning Pyramid of Egypt, and they, and they needed they needed um, uh, Imhotep, who de- developed the first real, really uh, beautiful pyramid. Uh, Imhotep might very well have been uh, a European. Um, now, uh, this I did this. Keep this in mind. Uh, Atlantis is legendarily said to have had a city, a uh, capital city called Poseidonis, which was a port city. And it's been described by Plato and, and others as, as being built in a target shape. And it has canals, circular canals. And, and these circular canals uh, have um, you know have built up built up uh, a series of breakwaters and dikes, and now this this city, which by the way was replicated later in Carthage and other Phoenician cities built built along the same plan and and cities over in Spain like Tartessos and 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 a couple of cities on the on the on the uh, Atlantic Spanish coast were built along the same plan. Now, what happened, and this is according to my theory here, which which my friend uh, Tony went along with, or said was very possible, that the Ice Age started to come to a, to an end, just like, you know, our, our sea level's rising right now, and and this started to rise on them, but they didn't know what it was. They they were they 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 weren't aware that the you know that the uh, the ice was melting. They didn't understand that, and so they kept as the sea level kept rising. They kept building building their dikes higher and higher. Yeah, it's just a natural thing to do, you know. So we got to build them higher because the sea's coming over them. Every time we have a storm, you know, they uh, we're ending up uh, getting getting districts of the city flooded and all that. So they kept building the dikes higher and higher around Poseidonis, which was their capital city. And this this continued and continued and continued, and you're building it higher and higher and higher every year until finally. They had one great big storm. They had a big, you know, uh, a big megastorm, and uh, which we, which we're familiar with now. Now our climate's changing. We're, 
we're, uh, you know, having the same thing. Our sea level's rising, climate's changing. So we're kind of familiar with this catastrophic weather. Well, they had one, and, and Atlantis flooded. And before, you know, and, and some of them got away, and some of them didn't. And they also, and they had outposts around, you know, around the Mediterranean by that time, and and uh, and in Africa, Diodorus uh, confirms that. And uh, so uh, they they the 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 um, refugees went all over into Egypt. They went into Mesopotamia. And and all our basically our civilization, the Fertile Crescent and 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 Palestine with the Phoenicians and and they they went and 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 uh, Crete and Greece, Crete and Greece, you know, and and all of them, they went and and these refugees were the ruling class because this this the the, the their their settlements were all part of this empire that they had, so. Um, they become now. This is this is my this is my theory now here, but and I'm and I'm not trying to say that it's absolutely true. I'm just saying this is what I'm thinking that uh, the Anunnaki in uh, that Sitchin goes on and on about the Anunnaki in in uh, in uh, ancient uh, uh, Sumeria and uh, and Isis and Osiris and in, in in Egypt these. These people, I think, were were from originally from Atlantis, and they were, but they were the original six foot tall, big brained, six foot tall, Cro-Magnon stock. I mean, they 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 were they were essentially um, like well, like Northern Europeans today, and and they were the they were the elite, and they were the um, and they were the, the founders of these of these empires. Now, uh, <clears throat> they needed. And if you read, uh, if you really read uh, uh, Sumerian and Akkadian mythology, you will see this all outlined. Food, food was what was their weapon. Food was what they was was what they used to control their empire. And the the Anaki, Anunnaki had a had a, a, a lower class called the Ajiji, and and the Ajiji were doing their work for them, and the Ajiji rebelled, and all of this, uh, and so the Anunnaki uh, created created mankind, according to the legend, to serve the gods, which including the Ajiji, who were tired of, of uh, they were tired of tending the gardens for the. Uh, uh, and doing the hunting and all the and the gathering for the Anunnaki. So, uh, so man was created. Now, where did they create man? How did they create man? Well, did they do it? Uh, now, of course, if we were going to go buy into Sitchin, well, maybe they had, or buy into somebody like Shaver, they, they they probably had technology superior to ours. If you want to do that, they can create genetic hybrids and all that. And well, I don't know whether that's necessary, really. Uh, and the reason being that. Up in the Zargos Mountains, uh, around about this time, just about the time Atlantis went down, way up in the Zargos Mountains, overlooking the Fertile Crescent, to looking down on it, some hunter-gatherers 
started eating emmer wheat. Yeah, they started eating eating a form of grass. Now, human beings are not designed. They're just plain not designed to eat grass. Cows eat grass and humans eat cows, all right? <laughs> but we're not designed to eat grass. And we don't have five stomachs. And and we were designed we we are designed. Human beings over 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 a million years have evolved to eat meat, fruit, nuts, and and uh, and 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 berries and 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 you know that 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 that's what we're designed to eat. This is what so this ended up being what what ended up being the royal diet. So the rulers. Who, by the way, in ancient Egypt and in, in Sumeria and Akkadia and, and Greece, the rulers were always head and shoulders taller than, than the common people. And the common people, they, they managed to, somewhere up there in, in, in the Zargos Mountains, uh, maybe it was a mutation, maybe, maybe one of these guys, maybe it was a human mutation, somebody who could, who could, uh, who could eat this um, uh, this grain or the, and this uh, made flour out of it? Also, we don't know which came first, beer or bread. We we still we're still arguing about that. Which came first, beer or bread? But it really doesn't matter because you can get drunk on both. And and um, uh, the uh, in fact, beer has been referred to as bread in a bottle. Uh, now. Um, whether this was a mutation that the uh, the ruling class exploited, which is very possible, because that's what men that's what men later did with with wolves. There was a you know the theory is there there was a mutant wolf uh, somewhere along the line that could eat human garbage, and and from that mutant wolf, which the, which obviously somebody somebody caught the poor creature and then they bred more of them so they could so and they made dogs out of them. So human beings uh, created their own uh, uh, their own servant class by doing doing to the wolves what had been originally done to them, and uh, exactly how this this genetic uh, manipulation originally of humans was done, whether it was actually done technically or whether it was done by breeding methods, it could be done either way. But regardless of that. Grain, both in the form of beer and bread, was used to literally enslave the masses. It it was it's and uh, I'm going to tell you this this uh, and and we have the science now finally to realize it. And uh, I mentioned a couple of books that uh, um, we'll get into we'll get into these books a little bit later, but but I've been Letting, uh, I've been letting uh, uh, Frater Solomon kind of hang on here while I got this all set up. So now let's get back to him. Uh, Mike, what uh, what do you think? Uh, what would you like to add to, to what I've said? Well, um, first of all, something that's kind of interesting to ponder is that we are all the beneficiaries of an ancient conspiracy. Um, uh, Conspiracies are kind of gradual, and, and they're also, in a way, run by Mother Nature in a way that we don't necessarily perceive. But um, a lot of, uh, you know, the, the kings had the benefits of uh, marrying more women than everyone else. 
and, and when you consider that the Greeks, uh, about 5,000 years ago, their DNA is only 70% the same. Now, that might seem like a lot, but that means 10,000 years ago was about 50% of what it is today. 20,000 years ago, you're getting closer to, to 10%. And the reason that's significant is there's a lot of gene flow back and forth, but um, the, the most powerful families kind of bully out the other ones. And what I did by studying uh, DNA haplogroups of uh, families of patrolines and poke, you're really going to like this because it matches your theory very well. There were um, two very powerful families, one more powerful than the other, and one actually points towards your uh, genetic theory. Um, the, the most powerful um, group was the uh, haplogroup R1, which originated possibly between France and Germany, and um, their descendants are alive today in the Brahmins of India. Um, the French, Spanish, um, Germans, uh, and Irish. Um, now, they, um, so they were set to survive on a very heavy uh, fish population, which is very good for the brain. So these people were the thinkers. They had access to something that made them intelligent um, than the people they were sub subduing. However, the second most powerful group, and, and um, uh, one of the most popular clans uh, of the, the second caste in India, the warrior caste, who, were, who uh, where the kings came from, like the Guptas, uh, is J2. And they originated in the Zagros Mountains, which means they would have been heavily dependent on wheat. Um, the good thing about wheat is, is a, a diet for the, um, for the warrior caste is uh, they can burn it off and... Um, also, uh, they're not going to be they're not going to be using their uh, brains to manipulate and guide society like the um, like the uh, R1 uh, classes like like Brahmins were able to pretty much uh, dictate how everyone else would would rule. They 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 had the priesthood, um, and um, so you have this uh, fish eating um, clan that, that was able to dominate. Uh, a large portion of the world, and then they were able to use um, a, a, a caste that um, could be their warriors and uh, survive off of an agricultural system uh, of a, a wheat diet uh, or a grainy diet, and they wouldn't they wouldn't have access to the, the precious royal diet. And um, I, I just think that's kind of interesting because it really uh, it backs your theory up. Well, it is. You know, the warrior class is the ruling class, basically, because and the warrior class all over the world, the warrior, the warriors have eaten flesh, and and you remember they used to feed the Roman gladiators on great big steaks, and 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 then there's the the beef eater, the beef eater guards in 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 Britain. They've always uh, the warriors have always been the um, been, been the been the been the cowboys or the or the hunters, and uh, in fact, hunting. Is such a um, is such a, a, a staple of the ruling class, you know. I mean, all over the world, uh, uh, Genghis true. Khan, Genghis Khan loved it. That that was one of his favorite things. Besides besides raping women, he uh, people he conquered was 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 to uh, was to have these great hunts, and uh, you know, and 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 so the 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 um, um, what was my. Mongol friend who somebody told him that uh, 
that you are what you eat, and so he changed his diet to, to wolves and foxes, and A.W. <laughs> wolves and foxes. <laughs> but yeah, now the the, uh, uh, the so this the whole business with the warrior class is that they that they they uh, they tend to eat meat, and uh, and yeah, we have some exceptions to that, of course, especially in India later on and what have you, but uh, uh, and. Believe it or not, Hitler was a vegetarian. But uh, uh, the, as I said, the royal diet was was really the caveman diet, and and uh, and that's meat, that's meat, fruit, and nuts, and and uh, and now one of the things that uh, let's let's get into the let's get into the to the excuse me let's get into the uh, to the science behind this right now. I'm looking at a book that uh, a lot of people are reading called Grain Brain. Grain Brain. You know, the, and uh, this is by David Perlmutter, and uh, he's also the author of the Better Brain book. And then he has a friend who's the guy that wrote the book about the wheat belly, and that's William Davis. And William Davis wrote, wrote the book about uh, Lose the Wheat and Lose the Weight, and I call it the Wheat Belly Book. Uh, and this, then he's got a sequel to it where he's, where he's going beyond just wheat, because uh, Davis, Davis thought, and, and so did Bermuda, they all thought to begin with that gluten was, that, that's only found in wheat, that gluten was, uh, was the main uh, culprit. And in all of this, and uh, the uh, then then you know they began to realize the more research they did, they began to realize it was all cereal grains, all of them uh, are bad for bad for the brain, and 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 they're and they're actually they're and they're kind of toxic for the body, and uh, so so Davis now has he came out with grain free cure. The delicious four-week step-down plan to easily eliminate grains and lose weight, reverse disease, and get healthy for life is that one. But actually, uh, David uh, Perlmutter's grain grain brain has got more science. Uh, Perlmutter is uh, these guys scratch each other's backs, but but uh, uh, Perlmutter is the he's the scientist. And uh, but I gotta warn you. He's also a homeopathic. He's he's a, one of these homeopathic guys, and so you know you know what that that's going to be probably used to try to discredit him. You know, oh well, those guys are weird. You know, they believe they believe you think an eyedropper full of something, and 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 that's just as good as the whole dose. You know, and and, uh, and uh, so homeopathic medicine has got a bad rap these days, but. Uh, there's no only you don't get any any reading the book you don't get any homeopathic uh, theory in here so that that's something he he doesn't fall back on at least at least doesn't at least this isn't obvious but he's establishing something that that I've been convinced of for a long time and that's that that carbohydrates are are basically toxic they put weight on you. And they and they alter their they alter your consciousness. They're just they're just not good. And uh, and in fact, for years and years, I I managed to keep my weight under control with the so-called Atkins diet. 
I finally got to the point where the Atkins diet, when I hit 50, the Atkins diet didn't work anymore. It started, uh, and I think there are reasons for that. But but basically, so what what, uh, David uh, Perlmutter is is pretty much, he's not, not citing the Atkins diet, but that's pretty much what he's recommending. He's recommending a a a uh, basically it's a it's a ketose. It's stay in ketosis is what he's saying. Is, is ketosis is when you're is when you're actually uh, you know you're you're um, you're you're burning off you're you're burning off the fat and and uh, you can test it every morning and until and, and uh, ketosis by the way is uh, is a ketosis diet. Uh, no, no, non-ketosis diet is specific for epilepsy. It actually will control epilepsy, uh, and um, uh, they've known that ever since 1929. That's been that's been known, and uh, and also according to uh, according to Perlmutter, uh, carbohydrates are responsible for just about everything that the brain. Every kind of problem that you have with your brain, he blames it on carbs, and including uh, including schizophrenia, migraines, and everything else. He says, he says, uh, you got a problem with your brain? Uh, that's the reason. And by the way, one of the things I want to mention is, and 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 Pearl Muter makes a point of it in here. You can rebuild your whole body and your brain. You don't have to, you know. Sure, this stuff does damage. But the damage can be repaired, and this business that, the, that they, they thought for years and years and years that well, if the brain had you know you had some problem with the brain, you, there's nothing you could do about it because the brain didn't rebuild itself. Well, it does. Your brain rebuilds itself completely in one year, which means that as long as you get the get the right program going, you can actually undo all the damage that you've done and keep yourself from getting more. Now, um, uh, go through a few other things. That your DNA renews itself every couple of months, and uh, your blood rebuilds itself every four months, and your bones in your body—you build a whole new skeleton in about three months. And that, that of course, is uh, uh, well, uh, that's not debatable. But that's, but that's, uh, you know, there, there, there are conditions on this. You rebuild, but unfortunately, you. You, unless you unless you really take some drastic measures, you're going to rebuild on the same plan, and that's that's the problem. Uh, okay, I just wanted to to, to to get into the get into science a little bit. Have you got any thoughts on that, uh, 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 Professor Solomon? Well, um, I, I I will say this: by cutting grains out of my diet, just a, just as a proof, I I was a little bit heavy a, a year ago. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I was now. And I, I got 30 of those pounds off just by cutting out grains. Um, so that really is a that really is a, a killer, and it, it, it's our inheritance because um, we all come from that class of people um, who were working under the kings. Even though you know there, there's always a mixture, but we've all got that. You know, you, you give up bread for a week, I guarantee you, you are going to get one of the worst stomach aches you've ever had. You're going to get this huge craving. You're going to think, boy, I've got to have that bread. I've got to have that rice. I've got to have that corn and potatoes. Uh, but after you give it up for a couple of weeks, you start going back to, you, you start to, 
activating that portion of your DNA that did descend from ancient royalty. And then you can get used to a healthier diet um, where you're subsisting on uh, healthier vegetables. And um, salmon, if you eat meat, I can't recommend salmon enough. It's just a really good brain food. Well, I think that the meat situation now, um, quite frankly, uh, uh, Pearl is is not is not into the into the vegan thing. He's um, I I am, but but he isn't. And and uh, and one of the things, however, uh, one of the reasons why uh, the uh, the royal diet uh, was better for for us back back in those days when you know before we started modifying food and before we started ruining our soil and ruining you know and, and all this these preservatives and all this stuff that we do uh uh in those days the old days beef and and and, and wild game of course originally was was much better, better for you than, than than any kind of uh farm raised beef actually and and uh, and and fish, and, and that's one of the reasons why fish are, because fish, with the exception of the mercury and that stuff like that, fish are still, uh, uh, except for I got to warn you again, uh, you know we 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 pitch salmon, the food of the wise, and all that, and and the staple of Atlantis and all that, but watch out, because farm grown salmon, don't buy it. Any salmon that gets raised on a farm, don't buy it, don't eat it. And the reason is, is that they feed those those fish in those pools. They feed them chicken manure. And don't ask me what they feed the chickens, but <laughs> they they feed them chicken manure. And then, as a result, they have to they have to color the meat, the salmon meat, pink. And and uh, and it'll say a lot of times in an honest butcher shop. They will say that this has been artificially colored, or they they'll, they'll tell you that. But don't buy any salmon unless it says "wild caught" on it. And uh, and the same thing applies, but mate, you know, you know, as far as beef is concerned, I don't eat beef anymore. But uh, and, uh, but if you're going to eat beef, get uh, get free range beef. Don't don't uh, don't get this. Get this uh, this corn fed stuff because God knows you don't know what they're feeding them. Plus all of the um, you know the um, the other additives and everything else. And uh, uh, so um, natural food also too uh, vegetables. You know you try as hard as you can to stay organic because uh, um, at least at least. You you have a chance there that the soil they're growing the, the vegetables in is, is cared for better and rotated better. Somebody said the other night that the soil back east has has not been been uh, overworked and polluted as much as the soil out here in California and out here in our area. That's probably true, um, but uh, our food the the food that we eat today. Even the even the healthy food, the food that we eat today, is nowhere near as good for us as the food that we we ate 50, 50 to sixty years ago. It's uh, it, it's stuck because you know what you grow, what you grow is 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 it comes out of the soil, and what you do with the soil, uh, fertile when you're fertilizing and everything, that that that's what you're eating. Um, 
and you are what you eat. And uh, anyway, um, the uh, I see here. I look at the abstract and see if there's something I may have missed here. Oh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the dogs, the the, the, the wolves and the dogs for a minute. Uh, it's recently been established that that uh, that um, behind every behind every dog is a wolf somewhere way way back, and the theory is that wolves, of course. Were originally they could only eat meat. That's all. And today is the same way. You got a wolf out in the woods if you can find one, and all they can eat is meat, and and uh, their stomachs are just not suited for anything else. Well, way way back in in uh, after after we got after after human beings got modified or bred so they could eat carbohydrates. And whichever way it was done, either we were bred like stock, or or we were modified in the laboratory, or whatever, where we could eat carbohydrates. Um, uh, the wolves, some starving wolf, had gone through some kind of a mutation where he could actually eat human garbage, and that wolf, you know, ended up getting caught, and 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 he became the first. He became the first dog, and uh, and, uh, and you know, and on and on. And of course, they probably had to catch a real wolf, uh, a real wolf bitch, and so he could, so he could uh, uh, throw some of his puppies, and then those puppies could, then those puppies could eat the same garbage we were eating and leaving in the garbage. <laughs> anyway, so we created the. We we created the the dogs the way the way somebody. As I said, the refugees from Atlantis or the Anunnaki, if you like that idea, created us. Um, and, and the Cro-Magnons, uh, the, the neat thing about the Cro-Magnons, Poke, is they actually, we, we have a lot of old sites where they were, at, we'd proven that the Cro-Magnons were interacting with wolves and basically almost joining tribes with them. You had, you had a, a group of wolves, a pack of wolves, that was united with a, a small uh small tribelet, a, a, a pack of humans. So they actually trained each other. And the reason the wolves were able to, the, the wolves and humans or Cro-Magnons were able to beat the Neanderthals. Neanderthals actually had, had a bigger brain than the Cro-Magnons. But they yeah, did they, not they have did. a body. But their body, though, was not built. I, I think the, the Neanderthals might have been the Ajiji that you're talking about because uh, they had a bigger brain. They would have been more likely to, you know, not listen to a royal group that was trying to dominate them because they had enough brain power, but they did not have the physique that was necessary to hunt as effectively. The only way in Neanderthal's quarters, the reason the wolves could have such a benefit from the Cro-Magnon is because the Cro-Magnon could throw a spear. That meant that a Cro-Magnon could live longer because that spear would kill its target without the Cro-Magnon being wounded in the process. Whenever uh, Neanderthal fought, very strong, stronger than the Cro-Magnon, but they would always let get me, kicked and beaten by whatever they were subduing. Let me let me correct you a little bit here. Uh, the uh, the uh, the Cro-Magnon uh, manufactured spearheads. They had they had factories where they they manufactured them, and and they got they got the they, they shaped the. They shaped a matrix rock, and then they then they knew how to just how to hit it and knock off spear points. 
and and then they had a, they had a device which was still used by the Australian abos. They had a but a, a, a device called an atlatl, which was a spear thrower, and this thing was a it was the first. Uh, it was like an RPG. I mean, it it, it launched the spear and, and gave it tremendous force. And that that's how they that that's how they when they went to war they 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 were it would they were they were just about as modern as they could get with the stuff that they had to do uh, they had to do it with and uh, so uh, uh, they were the you know they were the, the the warrior class. It's possible though you're right that that the Ajiji uh, could have been. Uh, uh, you, you think they could have been the uh, the the uh, the Neanderthal? Well, I, I think so. Um, it, it makes sense because um, you know, fifty thousand years ago, we still had Neanderthals running around when uh, Atlantis was just budding. Um, and Atlantis, uh, and, and we still have Neanderthal DNA. The, the funny thing is that. The, all the all the Neanderthal lines have been knocked out of existence, but 10% of, of uh, Pacific Islanders have uh, Pacific Islanders about 10% of their DNA in Melanesia is still Neanderthal yeah. DNA. So that was the only outpost where they survived. Well, I uh, met a Neanderthal. I, 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 yeah, I met a Neanderthal once, and and uh, and I mean he had the occipital bone, the brow ridge, the whole business, and he had a PhD. <laughs> Yeah, very so, well built, tough people, and and oh, super yeah. intelligent. Yeah, yeah. The, they the, just did uh, not have the hand to to use weapons like the Cro-Magnons did. Yeah. Now, one thing that you mentioned about about the the Cro-Magnons and the wolves, uh, I I think that there's a you know they we learned uh, the the Cro-Magnons uh, and and uh, and uh, they did. They did apparently. Uh, they were the they were the makers. They they were the ones who eventually domesticated the the mutant wolves or the you know whatever. And uh, and but they learned. I think the Cro Magnons, especially up in Central Asia, they learned how to hunt from the wolves. The wolves taught them because the wolves are the greatest you know the, uh, uh, group group hunters and group hunting techniques uh, and. Right. We learned that from the wolves, and and we in turn use that. You know, we use that on the football field. We use those <laughs> squad tactics and everything else. You know, is is basically is basically wolf is is basically wolf uh, wolf uh, 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 battle drill, I guess you might call it. Uh, so uh, when when we when we turned the, when we turned those wolves into dogs, that was a that was a it's kind of kind of a kind of a nasty thing. I mean, that we did to them. And now, by the way, as you as you may know, there's a movement among the dog food, and that the dog food people are picking up on. And I don't know whether the dogs are behind it or not, but 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 there's this business of feed your dog like a wolf. <laughs> and, and so there's a lot more meat going into dog food these days. And and uh, in fact. Uh, Sandria just told me that she's uh, that she's buying uh, she's buying raw meat for for little Joey, you know, and and uh, and he's a little he's our little miniature Doberman pincher, and uh, and he loves it. So so maybe we're turning maybe we're going to turn the dogs back into into their into what they originally were. Um, the idea that um, that this was a conspiracy 
really does kind of kind of resonate in a way though because when you think that that uh, these these people eating bread and sometimes nothing else but bread and a few years ago I don't know about now but they said a a treat for an Egyptian an Egyptian peasant a real treat was a couple of pieces of pita bread with a piece of cornbread in between, and that was a sandwich, and they loved it. I mean, this is, human beings, you know, can't, just can't, uh, they can't, um, uh, this sort of thing is, they can't reach any kind of potential except maybe just dredge, just hoeing the, you know, hoeing the field, plowing the field, maybe that's about all they can do. And, um, when I was in the army, I had a, a girlfriend, a uh, colonel's daughter, who was a psychiatric nurse, and she told me this was before Thorazine was invented. She told me they kept those people in the, in the mental institution on beer all the time, and to keep them calmed down. And and then I remembered that when I was when I was a freshman in college, I tried to see how much beer I could drink every night. And I got to the point where I couldn't even complete a sentence. And then I finally got myself dried out and uh and uh and uh and uh now 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 I could complete a sentence. <laughs> 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 it took but it it took it took about a month to grow some new brain cells. God you know, so uh it it really it it um um the bread and the beer you know is is uh that that's uh, uh that's that's the food of the uh, the food of the slaves and and uh and uh so we cut it out and and uh, and cut it out and, and lose the weight and, and and get back to being a ruling class and well you, you uh, make a good point because the warrior ancestors who um they were the ones who were able to hoard all the meat, even though, you know, Zagros Mountains that you talked about earlier today, uh, that was the origin of uh, grain harvesting. And uh, it was also an origin of uh, domestication of things like goats and, and sheep. And, and and that's important because that uh, we know that the, the, the wealthier people, they were the ones who controlled the, uh, uh, the, the meat. Uh, and so they were the ones who had access to that, where they forced, uh, basically, you just had a huge group of people who learned how to eke by and survive off of uh, carbohydrates, off of grains. And um, it, it really supports your theory. Yep. And, and uh, now uh, um, the... Uh, um, uh, the fish thing, though, is is if you notice, there are there are not just the Catholics, but but also there's a number of other uh, uh, um, cultures and religions which which fish are almost required. I mean, you know, you have to have fish. In fact, uh, I understand that in in Russia they 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 eat fish three times a week, uh, or they try to, and uh, the. Uh, uh, the fish, fish takes the place in in a lot of cases of of the wild game and the cattle and and the beef uh, because that that as you say that that gets reserved for the uh, for the elite and the warrior class and and, and whatever um, and uh, I know my grandfather used to used to be a 
they used to cry that, especially during the war when 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 meat was was all rationed. And uh, he made friends with the butcher, so so he could we could have prime rib every so often. And of course that was that that was wonderful. But but uh, in in a way though, um, uh, the 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 meat I think the beef today that we that we're eating, I really do believe that it that it does that it doesn't do us any good. I think that that I I think that, that and. And if you're going to eat it, and if you're going to eat it, for heaven's sake, make sure that it's that it's free-range cattle and not the, and and not these. Oh God! Every every time we go up to Mount Shasta or go up to San Francisco, we have to drive by those those uh, those awful cattle pens, and of course you can smell it. Even even with your air conditioner going, you can smell it coming down the road, and it, it's just, and these poor beasts, you know, you wouldn't want to eat them. They, 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 look, they look so sad and so miserable, and you go by, and they, they smell so awful that I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm finally glad I'm not, I'm not eating them anymore. Although, I am, you know, kind of thinking about nice roast chicken. I, 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 I was thinking about that, but, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I think that, that I think fish and and eggs. By the way, you you got to have eggs. Eggs are one thing that the brain needs. But the brain really needs eggs, and eggs are the best food for the brain. And, and uh, so don't give up the eggs. But if you're gonna if you're gonna eat eggs, for heaven's sake, eat them for Eat happy hen eggs, uh, hens that are that are pasture, you know, raised on a, on a, in, a in an open pasture, not 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 in a in a chicken farm, because those those chickens, you know, here again, no matter how sad they might be, they're also you don't know what they're feeding them, and you don't want to know. Um, so um, also in the on the conspiracy line, I want to mention something else too. Back in uh, Back in uh, right after World War One, uh, or maybe right before World War One, I, I don't know exactly when, but the Habsburg, uh, Austria-Hungary, they initiated a worldwide standard for food, a worldwide uh, food standard in Europe, and this was initiated for international commerce. So, so. Uh, you know, people would meet this international standard. You know what the food is, what's in it, what, how it was, for, uh, and something about its origin and everything else. And uh, this this index was created. Well, America has um, inherited this, and we've been in, we our, our our agriculture department has been in charge of it. Now, for the past, uh, you know, ever since World War II, we've been in charge of it, and and uh, a lot of this GMO and and uh, and genetically modified uh, stuff is is approved in that index because we make it so. You know, the uh, Monsanto and the rest of the, of the of the the big corporations that do this sort of stuff. Also, too, I might mention that. Commodities, wheat, all the wheat on the commodities market in this country is all controlled by three families. Three families control all the wheat and all the wheat trade completely. So our food uh, is manipulated. 
and and uh, and that goes right along with. So I don't think, frankly, even though I'm 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 I think that uh, that Perlmutter and and uh, Davis, more power to them, and uh, and they're not they're not calling this thing the ancient conspiracy like I am, but but they're but they're ringing the bell and saying stay away from grain, and and. Uh, and uh, I, I frankly, I think because of the powers aligned against them, I don't think they're going to be successful with getting getting too many people to go along with this, which is kind of unfortunate. Because I really, honestly believe that if you do get rid of the grains, and one more thing, the only non-grain bread that I've found is made by the good old Julian Bakery down in Oceanside. It used to be a Julian. Uh, and it's called paleo bread. It's made with with uh, almond and and uh, and um, um, it's made with almond and coconut flour. Well, it doesn't taste too bad, but it's too wet. You have to keep it in the refrigerator. It's too damp. So what I'm going to do when I get home, uh, Zandri and I found a uh, a nice uh, humidifier unit on Amazon for about uh, for about forty bucks. And a uh, nice, you know, dehydration unit. I'm going to order one of those, and maybe that'll get the, maybe that'll get the the uh, the paleo bread um, dried out, so I can, so I can use it for, a, you know, a veggie burger or toast with my egg in the morning or something like that. So that's uh, that's what I'm, I'm going to give that a try. And paleo bread, by the way, Julian Bakery will will ship paleo bread to you if you uh, if you if you go on get going, Google them. It's Julian Bakery. Google them as Paleo Bread, and so Google it. And if you want to buy it, and they'll and they'll send it to you. And but uh, and then maybe maybe you maybe you can uh, figure out how to how to dry it out. I think the humid uh, the de- the the uh, um, what do they call those things, Andrea? Dehydrator. Yeah, the uh, uh, with the dehydrator would probably work. Okay, that's all the time we have. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on board, Brother Solomon, and, and your your comments were great and and, uh, and uh, good data and everything. And I hope we made some converts here. And uh, and I hope the the food police don't come after us. <laughs> but anyway, next week uh, we'll try to have another. Another show won't be quite as quite as controversial as this one probably, but but uh, we will uh, we'll be back with with something something interesting along the line of hermetic magic and in Bell then good magic.